Welcome to From the Medium, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Welcome back. I am Molly Smith, your host. I want to remind you all that our program is available for download. You can do so by going to our website from themedian.org. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining. We have a wonderful returning guest, somebody that I know you all love listening to, Alex Schattenberg, who is, is joining us right now. He is the executive director of Euthanasia Prevention Coalition out of Canada, but it is actually an, a national, international organization. And Alex is all over the place. He has been, he's been to Australia, to Europe, to you name it, to United States. He's oftentimes our speaker at our Bringing America Back to Life. He's our speaker. And right now he is here joining us to talk, to give us the latest and the great and, and the saddest, actually. It's the latest and the saddest in the all things euthanasia and assisted suicide. Alex, so wonderful to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you for always making time to join us. This has been a very interesting time. I, I was just, Alex and I were talking before we started to record here. And when I saw this particular program, Alex, or oh, this, this article that you have just recently put out, I could hardly read it. I'm sitting on the couch reading it to my husband and I could hardly read it because I, it was so disturbing. The title of it, it's, it's your newsletter that came out in the middle of August, just a couple of days back. It says Canada's MAID program has gone mad. Alex, what is going on? They've gone through the roof. We haven't seen the national numbers, but we know that to Quebec numbers, approximately 7% of all deaths are not euthanasia. But that's just data. You know, that's, uh, you know, they say, you know, one death is a, is a, you know, a, a terrible thing, whereas uh, the rest is just statistics. But anyway, you know, we have the whole story of uh, Kelsey Sharon came out recently talking about the fact that uh, she also went through PTSD as a Canadian soldier, and uh, she made a big deal about the fact that how disgusting it is and how unacceptable it is that our Canadian government is killing or uh, encouraging our soldiers going through PTSD to have euthanasia. It's, this is beyond. And the reason it was an issue for her is because she said, you know, I, she's been involved with helping other people get through their PTSD. And here she knows all these people who've been offered or been told they should be considering euthanasia when, in fact, they served our country and they're trying to seek help, not death. And so you, the whole concept of this, this goes way beyond us, considering, you know, veterans who've served our country. And I've told you also about the story that that uh, I didn't report on here of uh, uh, Christine Gauthier, a woman who served in our military, became disabled while serving in our military. She became a Paralympian, and now she uh, was recently asking for uh, uh, just a wheelchair ramp. That's what she was asking Veterans Affairs to help her finance a wheelchair ramp. And they told her, well, you know, Christine, if it's that bad, you should be considering euthanasia. And, of course, what is euthanasia? It's killing, okay? Euthanasia, when we legalized euthanasia in Canada, we created an exception to homicide. And it's not much different than assisted suicide. It's the same drugs. It's the same intention. It's the same purpose. The difference is how it's done in euthanasia. The doctor or the nurse inject you 
Whereas with assisted suicide, they give you the same drugs, but you have to technically take it yourself. And the difference, therefore, is not in, in the intention or the type of drug or what, what they're doing. The, the difference is in how it's carried out. So, you know, this is the kind of thing that's going on. But, you know, recent stories came out. This recent story about a woman with quadri- who's been a quadriplegic since she was 17. But she was never on, uh, she hasn't been on disability benefits because she's been running successful businesses from home. And so, you know, she's had a disability program, she's written books, she's done all these things as a quadriplegic woman, but recently she became very sick. And so she is on, she's in Ontario, so she uh, went to apply for disability benefits so she could have money just to live, and she was told it would take six to eight months to be approved for disability. Now, her point is then she went and, uh, and got approved for MAID euthanasia. Now, because she's not terminally ill, she was approved, but uh, we have a two-pronged system in Canada. If, you're, if you are terminally ill, you can have a same-day death. Uh, but if you're not terminally ill, you have to wait 90 days to be killed. So she said, you know, I was given a 90-day waiting period for my euthanasia, but it would take six to eight months to get my disability benefit, even though I'm clearly a quadriplegic. You know, it's uh, it's you, you can't make this stuff up. You but can't. This is, you can't. This is ridiculous. What What is happening? Is there pushback? What are Canadians doing about this? Well, the problem is, is um, I just did another interview this morning, and that same very question was asked. And I said, the problem is, Canadians have been lulled. You know, uh, they've uh, they've been told over and over again by so many media stories that you know euthanasia is all about ending suffering, and they've been told all these stories one after another after another about people going through horrific pain. But they now have been convinced that this is a necessity. We need to have this euthanasia. So even recent polling that came out showed that the percentage of support for euthanasia in Canada dropped by 2%. 2%. Well, you know, 2% is better than nothing. But the support for euthanasia for even people who are uh, ex- experiencing poverty was at about, what was it? It was around around 40% or so of Canadians thought euthanasia for the reason of poverty was acceptable. What they're thinking, of course, is that there's so many people who might be uh, going through difficult health conditions who are also poor, so why should poverty deny them this uh, this killing opportunity? Uh, but, you know, it, it, it stops making sense when we start reading the story. You know, I, I think of the story of Madeline. Madeline is a woman in British Columbia who has a rare uh, a rare medical condition, and she cannot get medical treatment, but she can get euthanasia. So she uh, had an article written about it where she said, you know, she has been trying to get treatment because she said, if I went to the U.S., I can get treatment for my condition, but I can't get it in, in, in British Columbia. There is no doctor here that specializes in this. And so what she was, she had been doing is she was trying to cobble together treatment for herself. And she says, but when I go bankrupt, I'm going to die by euthanasia because she doesn't see any hope beyond that. And these are the kind of things you get, because she can't get medical treatment that is available to her in the U.S., but not in Canada. Therefore, she would consider euthanasia. And, of course, the uh, the story of uh, of Amir Farsu, who was going to be homeless, and he was approved for euthanasia based on homelessness. Just so you know, I've been involved in another case. Tyler. Tyler wanted euthanasia because he was homeless. And so what happened is, is one of the friends or one of the supporters of the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition ended up taking Tyler in. And so he's alive today. He's doing a lot better. Uh, but, you know, the fact of it is, is that um, 
You can see how someone who's been chronically homeless might feel that their life lacks meaning, purpose, or value, that there's no more reason to live. And so because it's an option and because he has other health problems, suddenly he gets approved to be killed by lethal injection, where in fact what he really needed was a place to live. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and for all, so, uh, you know, Canada's social system, um, you know, it's a socialist uh, uh, country. It's got all, you know, everything is supposed to be looked after. You you don't, you should not be, you shouldn't be let land up in this kind of situation anyway because there's always a program. Well, it looks like the programs are running out and so now they're saying, okay, well, we don't have any more programs so let's just let's just kill them. If, if we don't find, if can't well, find a program, let's, let's kill them. That's an important segue because on the, what the recent story of Catherine Mentler. Catherine is a woman who, um, who was going through suicidal ideation. So she went to Vancouver General Hospital to the assessment center because she was afraid that she was wanting suicide. She wanted help. And they told her, well, you know, Catherine, we, we have, um, we don't have any available beds. We're full up. Uh, and you, and we don't have any availability for you to see a psychiatrist until at least November. Now, this was in June. So, uh, then the counselor said, you know, Catherine, I was wondering if you thought about, you know, euthanasia. Now, think about this. Oh, my God. She's going to receive help because she's experiencing suicidal ideation. She's wicked enough to know I need help. They tell her there's no help we can give you, but have you considered euthanasia? And, and to make it worse, the counselor described a previous patient she had had who came to her with suicidal ideation, and she said, you know, it was so just terrible because this uh, this patient of ours, and I feel, she said, I feel almost comforted by the fact that she now has relief, meaning she's dead. She ended up dying by suicide, drowning. And she's telling this to Catherine, who's going through suicidal ideation, who's come there for help. So you, you can't, like, you can't get this. You can't understand how they could be so like this. But this is exactly the kind of thing we're but, getting. You know, but here's the problem, that Alex. That I'm look, I'm think as you're talking, I'm thinking somebody is training these people, these social workers, these psychiatrists, these you know, somebody's training them to, to, to counsel this. This this has well, to be this is, has to be focused. I mean, really seriously focused on killing people. This was part of the procedure to determine how suicidal Catherine actually was. You ask her about medical aid in dying, euthanasia, and if she responds positively to that, then you know she's very suicidal. But this is totally inappropriate. All of this is inappropriate. Uh, killing is inappropriate to start with. But on top of it, you think of someone who's actually brought themselves in for help because they're experiencing these suicidal thoughts and they're going through such deep depression. You know, thank God I don't experience that. I'm sort of an up personality, but I know a lot of people go through deep, deep angst, deep situations, and they need help in those times. You shouldn't be talking to them about how to kill themselves. She shouldn't have even been talking. She should definitely not have been talking about the other patient who died by suicide. What she's doing is planting a thought in her head when she's already going through that feeling of suicidal ideation that maybe drowning is a better way to handle this. Oh it's goodness. insanity. It's beyond oh insanity. I mean, to say but the that culture is just like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is the problem. You open the door to killing, and you normalize killing, and then you make it to see. Call it a medical treatment. Well, what happens is you go to the next step and the next step and the next step, and before you know it, it's then seen as always an option, and uh, and then suicide then, of course, has been demystified. It's, it's become something that's just normalized. 
And then they say, here's the most interesting thing. I just read an article yesterday by a, a, a professor at the University of uh, in Vancouver, University of BC, who's saying the argument that suicide and assisted suicide are two totally different things have just been has been totally undermined, of course, by the Catherine Mendler story, because she's going through suicidal ideation. This is a person who is experiencing all the symptoms that we're concerned about when we're talking with someone who, who's highly likely to die by suicide, and yet they're offering her assisting a suicide. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I'm, you know, I, I, I look at this and then, and then on top of that, in your, in your latest uh, newsletter that you have, um, that you, that you put out, which is where I sort of got in, uh, looked at all of this, there, there is, there's also an article in there about, uh, that Wesley, Wesley Smith has written about with the, with, from the perspective of, there was um, a patient who had had really bad situation that had developed as a result of his transgender or her transgender surgery, yeah. and this was denied them. They were not allowed to go through. They 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 went along and asked for you know euthanasia. They they were suffering and you know assisted suicide or whatever it was, and lo and behold, they said no, we're not giving it to you. This is a story of uh, Lois Cardinal uh, and. Um Yes, yeah, so Lois had transgender surgery, uh, male to female, and now is experiencing pain related to that change and is wanting euthanasia. Now, uh, Lois was turned down for euthanasia, but was approved by one doctor, but turned down by another. Uh, and it's based on this concept that you, uh, the law says you have to have an irremediable medical condition, which is not properly defined. But they decided that Lois's condition is not irremediable because Lois could have further surgery again. Uh, but the fact is, is that uh, the the whole concept of this goes beyond because now you have the whole situation of trans- transgender euthanasia as an option or consider an option. But you know, I when I read the article, I made a comment saying, well. In March of 2024, we're going to allow in Canada euthanasia for mental illness alone. Now, I know someone right now who's trying to convince a cousin of theirs not to die by euthanasia. And this person's cousin has a significant medical condition. It's absolutely true. But also is going through significant mental illness and has for many years. And so she's trying to convince the people that she really doesn't qualify because she's got significant mental illness. But the law actually says that you can have euthanasia uh, based, even if you have mental illness, if you have another medical condition that would, how would you say, be approved for. So that's that's the case of this person's cousin. So in the case of Lois, I'm I'm in fear that sometime next year Lois will die by euthanasia oh because my gosh. to say no to Lois. Now I'm not saying Lois has mental illness. I'm not going to go there. Uh, I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist or yeah, a psychologist, yeah, but I am saying that that's the reason that could be used, mm-hmm. and that would be the next opening for the for the situation. Uh, we have to understand also, I think I, I should, uh, I'm talking about how terrible Canada is, and yet we have to recognize that uh, California, uh, their assisted suicide data just came out, and their assisted suicide deaths increased in 2022 by 63%. So, as terrible, and it is terrible what's going on in Canada, it's insane. Assisted suicide and euthanasia are two cousins that are very similar, yep. and they are both about killing people. And as you know, in in, uh, in the U.S., you don't have any states that have technically legalized euthanasia, even though the, 
definitions around assisted suicide are very open and wide. Therefore, euthanasia might be possible. Nonetheless, the point is, is that it's assisted suicide. A 63% increase is pretty insane. Um, and I think that you have to understand what's going on in all these different places, whether it be Canada the, or Oregon or California or Vermont, uh, you name it, that what they've done is they've, they've made this into a normalization of killing. Yeah. When you normalize killing, everything's up for grabs. Absolutely. And what we are seeing, and you've been, you've been, uh, sounding the alarm for a long time, Alex, on, on this program and wherever you can about the fact that this, the euthanasia is, is getting dangerously, um, increasing dangerously around the world. And, you know, I know yeah. that there's recent, recent, um, information, as you said, 62, 60, what is it? 62%, 60 plus. 60. Yeah. 60 plus percent. Yeah. What do you see? You know, I, I, I'm almost, I'm almost sort of speechless right now because there were so many different things that we are dealing with with regards to this. You know, how can we possibly say that the way to deal with something that that is that has always been, you know, do no harm from from a doctor's perspective? There's something going on. Let's find a way to to solve this problem. Let's see if we can find a solution. Let's see if we can find a cure. Instead, now what we seem to be doing is, oh, don't worry about it. Off you go to the to the clinic, and we'll and we'll pop you off. I mean, it sounds I'm sounding really callous, but at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. Yeah, well, we are actually getting very close to that whole concept. And in fact, in Canada, in some cases, it's really uh, become like that. And uh, and uh, the other reason is, is, of course, you now have these uh, these made teams. You have teams in, in all major hospitals in Canada. You've got a team of people who that's what they do. They do euthanasia. They're a made team, and they then go from room to room, and they'll ask someone, are you interested in MAID? And if they say yes, then they'll they'll go through all the process with them and complete it. And if that person's terminally ill, they can die the very same day or the very next day. Uh, and, and this is becoming very common. So we see the numbers jumping and jumping and jumping up, uh, so much so that uh, it, it, it's mind-boggling. If I were to tell you, I've told you this 10 years ago, if we were doing this interview before we legalized euthanasia in Canada, uh, you would have been saying, Alex, I think you're being really reactionary. Like, like uh, it, it might, it, it, it might get very bad, but what you're saying is just beyond. And I'm saying, you're right. I can't make this up. Uh, and I wish this weren't happening, but this is exactly what is happening. But we have to look at worldwide also. We've seen this constant increase. The, the whole concept is that we have to just reverse the trend and say, we, we're not going to kill anymore. This is not about a progressive society. Killing, killing does not lead to greater freedoms, greater, you know, caring. It doesn't at all. It leads to the exact opposite situation where we are actually uh, being very cold. We become very calculated. Uh, human beings are then measured by their uh, their ability rather than the fact that they're a human being deserving equality. And I believe in the equality of each human person. I believe that we shouldn't be killing anybody. And and I believe truly that if you want a, a culture, whether you know it doesn't matter what religion you're coming from, if we have a culture where, where we recognize our equality, our human equality as being fundamental, then obviously speaking, we will treat each other a lot better. You know, you mentioned it earlier on in the in the program about the PS, uh, PTSD um, and, and the fact that this is what's being offered to to veterans. I, I I still I keep going back to this, Alex. How do we, you and I, and those of us that understand the danger and and the devastation that this is causing across in in our culture, how do we awaken people to the fact that you have somebody within your midst who has maybe a relative or a friend who's suffering from PTSD? 
to 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 warn them about what's going on because it, to be quite honest with you i mean i don't know whether you were remember the the monty python uh, skits that yeah. used to be go that go on and i mean i keep going every time you tell me these stories i go back to that that that, that funny scene but it's not so funny anymore with the guy saying no no you know bring out your dead bring out your dead and I, if you don't know monty python folks it's it's actually quite a funny thing but some of it's i didn't i didn't understand half of it was going on but this one definitely so the guy that you know the the, the the guy comes by collecting all the dead because something's happened and he's put, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. And the guy's going, no, 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 I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> this reminds well, me of this. Yeah, now you are. And he clunks him on the head. I mean, this is, that was a skit, but now we're almost doing this. We are saying, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. Clunk, well, you're dead now. Is exactly like that. Uh, the whole thing about the, uh, the definition of death, you know, the, it's right now being debated in the U.S., the whole question of changing the definition of death for the purposes of organ donation. So you would not actually have to be dead in order to be declared dead. You would have to be nearly dead or almost dead or likely to be dead very soon, uh, but not dead. And the reason, of course, they're saying is that uh, why would we spend all this money on trying to revive someone? Why do we have to wait for them to be dead in order to take their organs? Now, you would say, Alex, what are you talking about? Well, you know, I can email me. I'll send you all the articles about it. It's insanity if you think about it. But what's happening is it's actually started here in Canada. I'm very embarrassed to say that it's the Canadian uh, medical uh, establishment have started this whole thing of redefining death in order to provide more organs. And in the U.S. now it's become a great debate about the definition of death. So, you know, you know, Monty Python is absolutely coming true, whether I, I like it or you like it. Yeah. And, and there might be some humor involved in it, but in the, in the concept of what's actually happening, it's not very humorous it's at all. It's not, exactly. And I remember, even, I mean, it was funny and all the rest of it, but now as you and I talk, I often think of that scene where, where there was, you know, it, it, it's, there is fear almost with people. I do, people, I mean, I think the COVID, the whole COVID situation has worked up a lot of people and I think it's it's up to us we really do need to get out there and do what you're doing is let people know what they face so you've debated right now and and this is a, a great concern because if they actually do change this uh, I don't think it will be safe to sign an organ donor card and yet I think it's okay to give the organs if you're dead but if you can't determine it, if you can't be sure that you're actually going to be dead, I'd hate to be dead because they took my organs. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we're seeing this. It's being exposed in, in places like China where they're actually got these farms where they're putting people in, you know, they're keeping them there because they need the organs. I mean, good grief. I've dealing with a lot of the political prisoners yes. and people like that and Uyghurs and people like that. And, you know, the fact of it is, is uh, there should be so much more being done about that. that. That's insanity that we're not speaking out enough about what's happening in China. Uh, mm. We continue to do, uh, but this is a whole other issue going on. What I'm talking, though, is, is very clearly that uh, the way we change the culture is by saying we believe in human equality. We, we're all equal. It doesn't matter if you're uh, someone of faith or you're a secular person. We're all equally safe within a culture for human equality. But as soon as you can say it's okay to kill someone, you can, as soon as you right. say that, and, and you, you can say, oh, it's all about choice, but it's not all about choice. It's never all. It's never been all about choice. It's always that's always been a lie. Once you determine that it's okay to kill somebody, then the question is, who else can I kill? <laughs> 
and and the other thing is, if it's all based on human suffering, which is the other thing they keep talking about, we're eliminating human suffering, Alex. You're just a horrific person. I'm like, you're not eliminating human suffering. Uh, what you're doing is you're killing the sufferer. And by doing that, guess what? There's lots of human suffering, and there's lots of reasons for human suffering. So then it becomes discrimination to deny it for the other reasons. The reason why they're talking about, in Canada, euthanasia for mental illness, and why that's going to become part of our law starting in March 17, 2024, is they said that people with psychiatric conditions are suffering. I'm not going to argue that. That's absolutely correct. People with psychiatric conditions are suffering. Absolutely correct. But should we be killing them? Absolutely. Well, it's okay to kill them for physical suffering, so why not psychiatric suffering? And this is exactly where they go. Well, I guess under that logic, it makes a little bit sense, because we've allowed killing already. Then why not? Now they're talking about child euthanasia. That's the next thing. They're saying, well, you know, there are children who are suffering. Well, guess what? I agree. There are children who are suffering, but should we be killing them? But I guess we can kill them if that's, you know, this is the way it goes. They're talking about putting it in your advanced directive. So they say it's all about choice. Well, it's not about choice if it's in my advanced directive because I can't make a choice then. Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. You. I mean, you it's, make it's all a lie. Sense, it's yeah. all a lie and it's all about killing. Absolutely. absolutely. And if you say it's okay to kill. Absolutely. You know. We're talking to Alex Schattenberg. Please go sign up for his blog, sign up for his newsletter. We need to stay informed, folks. This is coming to, I mean, it's already in the United States. Our laws will be changed if we don't make a big fuss about this. It's epcc.ca, epcc.ca. So sign up for his newsletter and make sure that you stay informed. Alex Schattenberg, as always, delightful to talk with you. I wish we could talk about better subjects. but God bless you lots. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining me this evening. As I say good night and God bless each and every one of you, I'd like to close with the words of the Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel. There may be times when we are powerless to prevent injustice, but there must never be a time when we fail to protest. From the Median is listener supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. Email us, radionews at fromthemedian.org or call 440-668-4049. Through our fromthemedian.org website, you can download this or previous programs for your listening pleasure or sign up to receive our weekly preview of upcoming guest interviews. Tune in every weeknight at the same time to listen to another great interview on From the Median as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. that works better and costs less. Seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-417-0636. That's 844-417-0636. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry, built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save. 866-977-5821. That's 866-977-5821. This program has been sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content.